welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast for our final wildcard game preview of the week. I am, as ever, your host, Andy Davis, and we are previewing the Bucks against the Eagles. Now, we, so far, in each episode, we've had a fan of each team on, but so far, we're struggling to get our Bucks fan to be here this week. So it may just be just one Eagles fan. So it's maybe a, just one parter. It may be a two-parter. We don't know. But either way, we have got a part one regardless. And if with a returning guest, back with me today is Eagles fan Steve McGuinness. Steve, how are you? I'm pretty good, Andy. I'm pretty good. I'm uh, nervous. I think uh, when you're in the wild card, you should always be nervous no matter how good your team has been during the season. Uh, but yeah, I can understand this may well be a very one-sided discussion because you seem to have found the one and only Bucks fan in the UK. And obviously he's not available. Um, but yes, this this is going to be... It's one of those... A friend of mine sent me one of those memes today and it's from The Office. And it's uh, it's Michael and he's sitting there and he says, I've realised I am ready to be hurt again. I am. I'm ready. I'm ready to go through the pain of an Eagles performance based on the last four weeks. See, I that quote lost me. I don't, I don't actually watch. I, I didn't really find I enjoyed the US Office. So I, I've tended to um, yeah, not really watch that too much. So um, the only thing I know is the parkour scene, which um, I, I do quite like, to be fair. Um, Every, everyone knows that one, yeah. <laughs> but I thought I'd actually as well, Steve, because we um, we met last year, of course, for the first time in person uh, in London ahead of the London Games, and they have announced the the three home teams for the London Games as well as the um, the Germany Games, well, and the Sao Paulo one has yet to be confirmed. But we mm-hmm. do now know our three home teams in London, and they are the Vikings, the Bears, and of course the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now. Of course, we're planning to go to, um, to well, we're all planning to go to the games. You obviously, you and Luke will go to one game a year, and I'm sure that will be the Bears game, right? Well, it's interesting you say that because um, it depends very much on who the opposition is this year. Um, those of us who would normally go, because we usually, you met Chris and you met Paul, and we usually go to a big party. Um, I think this well, I've, year. I've not met Paul, uh, actually. I've not met the Titans fan, right? Yeah. Yeah, I met his... Chris. I don't think Paul was there at the meal. Oh God! Of course, yeah, he wasn't feeling great that night. Yeah, so basically, Paul Paul won't be there because it's not the Titans. Uh, well, we don't know, maybe the Titans, you never know. But um, yeah, I think Paul Chris may call off this year. I think he's uh, he's got a, a trip to Denver planned for later in the year to take nice. in you know Rockies games and Broncos games, and budget won't really stretch to that in the London trip this year. But yes, I will be in London probably for the Bears game because it's a team I haven't seen play in person yet, um, and I can't wait. Honestly, I'm hoping it's at the Spurs Stadium. Um, but I'm hoping that this year they actually sort out the food situation at the Spurs Stadium because I recall missing about 20 minutes of the game last year um, because we were sat waiting on coffee. And uh, the, there was ah, okay. just the rest of the uh, the rest of it in the stadium. Everything about the atmosphere, the way it was built, the way things were designed, the stadium itself was fantastic. I know you got to experience it from down in the sidelines, and you looked like you were having an absolute ball down there. Um, but I mean, from where we were, we had good seats and we really enjoyed the game. Um, so hopefully those little things it's it's only their second year I think of hosting games so hopefully there's a few little niggles they can they can get rid of and, and this year's games will be perfect yeah, yeah I mean, Bears, Bears Eagles I'll take that Bears Eagles I mean looking at the Bears schedule now so their home teams are as follows so they could play either one of the Detroit Lions the Green Bay Packers the Vikings obviously they'll be home anyway um, they could play the Rams the Seahawks now one thing I think it will be I think it'll be a home to the Jags I think they'll I think they will try the two games again I think we'll see the Jags play at Wembley and at Tottenham and I think we'll see that's what I think 
um, for that. And I think they could also play the Titans, although I don't think they'll play because they played recently. They played the Panthers, but they're playing in Germany. Um, so, yeah, I think that's where we'll go with that. In terms of the Vikings, a um, bit more of an open discussion, I think. They've got the Bears at home, but they've also got the Lions, the Packers, the Cardinals, the Niners, which is my probably pick for that one because of their UK link with TalkSport and all that, Leeds United. Houston Texans, Indianapolis Colts, and Atlanta Falcons and the Jets. So any of those particular teams stand out to you, someone that you think they could play? Uh, I honestly, I do think the Niners had a long overdue to come back. Um, I would love to see them come back and play. Again, it's one of those, it's one of those super high-powered offences right now that even as a fan of a rival team, you can't help but look at and say, that's fun to watch. If I was a fan that wasn't going to root for my own team, that's a fun team to watch play because they have so many different weapons. Um, the defence is great. It's stout. It stops the run game. It's just, you know, <laughs> they're a team that I think um, will make the Super Bowl this year, but I don't think they'll win it. See, I'm the opposite. I think they will make Super Bowl and I think they will win it. I've said it pretty much since, I think, week, week five or week six. I think it'll be a Chiefs-Niners Super Bowl and I've not changed it because I still think the Chiefs a different animal in the playoffs, and I think right now they're the only team, one of two, three teams in the whole playoffs, who've got a Super Bowl winning active starting quarterback in their team. So, um, yeah, I think it's um, I think until they get beaten, I think I'll I'll I will think otherwise. Um, but we I'll, are talking I'll... about um, the game today, of course. Um, two of the last three NFC winners in the Eagles and the Bucks. In what should have been the Eagles at home, potentially, um, they're now sitting on the road, um, as they played the Buccaneers who won their. NFC South Division. Um, now, Steve, now we saw the Eagles have to go 10 and 1. However, they finished 11 and 6. They went 1 and 5 and lost four of the last five games, as I've just said. How much of a worry is that for you? The, the kind of form you're going into? Because we've talked about on previous podcasts the Bills and they're hitting form at the right time. And I think we see a lot of teams go down the stretch, and that's when you see teams win Super Bowls often. It's how they perform in the last five, six games of regular season. And we've seen like the Cardinals and the Steelers uh, sort of collapse late on in the season and ultimately lose first round of playoffs. Dolphins did it last year as well. Is that a way for you going into this game, the fact that the form is so bad for the Eagles? Um, it would be if it was anyone but the Buccaneers. Um, the, thing, the thing with the league this year is every season you get one division which is absolutely trash, where all four teams are terrible and yet one of them has to go to the playoffs. And it's the team that you know will go there, come up against a remotely competent team and get completely smashed. And this year, that's the NFC South. This year, it's the Bucs. This year, the Bucs were the team that everybody in the NFC wanted to play in the playoffs. Um, and I, I'll say this from, from an Eagles fan's perspective, our collapse in the last four weeks, five weeks, has been terrible. Um, I think the signs were there earlier in the season. Um, it reminded me a lot of the Vikings the year before where we were winning games and we were getting a good record, but we were winning them by like a score here and there. And we were letting bad teams rack up big, large amounts of points on us. And I think Washington went 30 plus on us twice. And that is arguably, you know, in all the time I've been watching football, one of the worst commanders teams I've ever seen. And yet they put 30 points up on us twice, which said a lot about our defense, which when we did the preseason, we talked so much about how much the, uh, the Eagles had drafted really, really well. Um, and then we added to it and we brought Kevin Bayard in from the Titans. And I thought, you know, there's a great pass rush. The secondary is looking serviceable. This is a season that we could we could go on and win the Super Bowl again. Um, but offensively, the play calling has been terrible. 
we have relied far too much on um right what's down there uh AJ Brown's down there somewhere let's just throw it up there and see if he can like double he can just body someone out of the way and you know in well in AJ Brown's defense he'll do that most of the time but you can't rely on him to do that all the time he'll get double covered you know you need to have a, a wider variety of plays our play calling has been terrible um, I would not be surprised, regardless of the outcome of the playoffs this season, if we go out and find ourselves a new offensive coordinator. Um, I've seen a few people kind of calling for Sirianni's head. That's ridiculous. He's been there, what, three years? Um, and he's made the playoffs every year. You know, we won the division two of those years. It's not it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, I think we will definitely be looking at a new offensive coordinator in the summer uh, and very possibly a new defensive coordinator because Matt Patricia has reverted to... Uh, Matt Patricia, the offensive coordinator from the Patriots last year. Um, and we've seen players who've come in and we should have expected them to grow through the season. And we've seen them regress. And that's very, very worrying because, like you say, we drafted really well. We drafted a lot of raw talent uh, and it needed good coaching, which it just hasn't got. Um, yeah, I, my, mean, my I, biggest... think, I think that the, the whole mix, the only thing I think will be ludicrous. I mean, you, your team has already let Andy Reid walk the door to let Nick Sirianni go after, you know, basically he went, made the playoffs in a year where it's meant to be a rebuild. And then yeah. next year, made Super Bowl and most years would have won that game with the amount of points he scored. And then this year, you know, you have class, but he still went 10-1. and one, And I think that, um, you know, I think it could be one of the seasons. But I do think he has to be careful about, you know, I think the whole thing, pretty much since he shouted at the Chiefs fans after beating them, it seems to go downhill from there. So I think maybe he needs to take that into account and maybe not do the same thing next season. But um, yeah, I think, I do fear that, you know, maybe it is one year too too late for the likes of, you know, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Jason Guy. I do think maybe they've, they should have maybe retired. I think they would have retired. If you if you beat the Chiefs, I think they would have retired. I think that would have been a foregone conclusion. But maybe this should maybe with maybe one year too much. Then we've seen it with the likes of, John Terry, Stephen Gerrard, and in, in, in our version of football, the fact that these players that have these great years and then ultimately they go on maybe one or two years too late and then we see what happens. So may, may, maybe it's down to that, but I think there's going to be a, a big change going on in the off-season for the Eagles. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you on that. And obviously the big NFL name you could put with that, like just going that one season too far would be Tom Brady. Um, I mean, yeah, Brady's last absolutely. season at the Bucks was embarrassing. Drew Brees, um, like, Ben Roethlisberger as well, those two. Drew yeah. Brees was terrible yeah. last year. I think Matt, Matt Ryan at the coach is another one who kind mm. of, he's just, he was past his best. He knew he was past his best, but that one last year of big money was just enough to go, oh, just come back. And it, it damages, if you if you think, if you want your career to go down with a legacy, you need to go out when you're, you're just over that hill. You don't wait till you're on the slide two, three seasons in. And uh, I think I think there's too many players are doing that. Um, I think you're right. I think we need a big overhaul in the summer. Um, almost certainly, Kel, Scream and Cox are going to go. Um, we did draft well, but again, what we're losing isn't um, physical talent. What we're losing is experience and captains and mm-hmm. team leaders. And that's a lot harder to replace than raw talent. Um, we've seen raw talent get shipped out team to team on a regular basis, you know, but we've not seen, you know, teams teams kind of go downhill very quickly when just one or two truly key players, the guys that kept everyone else in line, 
when when they go when they retire. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think we see it with I think many different sports. You know, you've seen it with multiple dressing rooms or locker rooms where the big leaders go. I mean, we saw Man City for a year took a slider and company left. They lost that leader in, in the dressing room. You know, you look at the likes of even look at. I'm not the biggest expert on rugby, but Richie McCall and Dan Carter left New Zealand All Blacks, and they've not been quite as good since. I think that there's definitely something in that. Uh, as much as a person can provide on the field or on the pitch, I think there's also a big thing about they 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 also provide a lot off pitch. I think there's certain players. I think even players that aren't that great can sometimes bring a lot to a locker room without even being the main starters. So to have those guys who've been such a big part of your team, you know, they've won a Super Bowl, they've made two Super Bowls, and you know they bought the Lombardi Trophy for the first time to Philadelphia, and I think they'll, regardless, they'll be absolute icons in this team. I think they're all going to be definitely Eagles Hall of Fame or Ring of Honors, whether you have your team there. And I think they'll be, you know, when they all leave, they'll be a big, big um, send off. I think for all of them. Um, now, yeah. going from one of the older players to one of your younger players, Jaden Hurts. Now he has taken a nosedive in recent weeks, and he has an injury doubt for the game. He said he'll do everything he can uh, to play in this game. Um, do you see him playing in the game? And if he do, if he does play, how do you see him perform? Because it hasn't been great recently for him either. No, I think quarterbacks playing hurt um, is real dangerous. Um, you can get guys who they go in with like a slight niggle um, by like half time. They're beat up and they're like they they want to stay in, you know. And it takes a strong coach to pull them out at that point. Um, and Hurts is one of those guys that he will just. He will literally go until every part of his body is broken. Um, so Seriani is going to have to recognise that, you know, he has a good talent there. Um, the coaching this season has kind of let Hurts down. We've seen him regress. Um, but again, that's as much down to the play calling as anything else. So what Seriani might need to do is, you know, use him a little bit less, uh, rely more on the run game. Although that's problematic because, again, what we've seen as one of the things that coincided with the Eagles' um, results dropping off is the Eagles' run game dropping off? Uh, Swift, uh, Gainwell, Boston Scott, guys who, you know, we do running back by committee and Swift is like the lead back, but none of them have really, you know, they've not really had that um, those holes to get through. They've not put in those big games that they were putting in earlier in the season. Without your run game, your passing game is pointless. If you can't establish a run game, you can't win. And right now, we need to re-establish the run game. Because if we can do that, right, we can protect the quarterback. Hurts has to be throwing in less plays. He's less vulnerable to getting hit or getting injured. Um, and, yeah, at that point, we, we'll probably, probably, you know, I'm not saying running away with the game, but at that point, we'll establish a sale and kind of, if we can get out to like a, a two, three score lead uh, going into like the fourth quarter or so, I can genuinely see Seriani saying, right, I'm going to play Hurts, you know, a lot less. I'm going to play Mariota in and out of plays. You know, he needs to recognise that if he's not careful with Hurts, he could end up giving him an injury which carries itself into next season. Yeah, I mean, it's um, you know, you're lucky to have someone like Swift who's been, he's been great. I mean, he's the you know, top five uh, running back this year in terms of yards. got, I think, five or six chances as well. So he's been great addition. And I still think, you know, Kenneth Gainwell has his moment. I think he's a, a great RB2 or RB3 to have, um, I think, in, in your team. But... Um, let's let's flip over to the Bucks. I mean, they're a team that, you know, I think we all know they've been in the worst division this year in football. 
um, to win the division with nine and eight is, um, I think, just shows just how poor the division has been. No one seemed to want to win that division, certainly with the Buccaneers losing to the Saints. But Baker Mayfield has had somewhat of a career resurgence. He's, he's in the top nine in terms of, I think, in fancy callbacks, he's in the top nine or top ten. Um, you know, only the first ever visiting quarterback in NFL history to go to Lambeau Field and pose a perfect passer rating. He's had some good performance and he seems to have answered a lot of critics. Now, he's already got a playoff when he beat the Steelers in his in his um, one year in the playoffs before. Um, well, it's 21-0 by the end of the first quarter. But he is someone that has, you know, has really come back to old form and been the quarterback that, no, he hasn't been, I don't think, shown he's been a number one overall pick worthy, but I think certainly shown himself to be a, a very capable quarterback. Um, does he worry you at all going into this game about him, the likes of Mike Evans as well, who, you know, a, another thousand yard receiving season for him, another Pro Bowl nod. Um, just that, that duo itself, as well as the run game of Rashad White, who who's really come into his own in the last few games. Um, there's those, those weapons there. How are you feeling about them going into the game? Uh, all three of them worry me. Um, angry Baker Mayfield in the playoffs is difficult to play against. Because he's a, a you know an aggressive uh, gunslinging quarterback against what has been in the last five six games a very shaky secondary. Uh, Mike Evans, one of the best big bodied uh, wide receivers in the league, he can go up against anyone and bring that ball in. Um, I mean, I, I talked earlier about how much I love AJ Brown. How AJ Brown is like the, the he is a franchise wide receiver, but Mike Evans. I mean, I, Mike Evans is out of contract this summer, um, and I cannot for the life of me understand why the Bucks did not tie him down to a longer-term deal, because he can pick his team, he can go to a contender, and he can win a Super Bowl next year. Um, a friend of mine who's a Bears fan, in fact, Luke, who you met, um, Bears are rumoured to be giving offering Evans an $82.5 million deal for three years. Now, that, that and DJ Moore is a terrifying concept. Um, I would not like to be anyone in the NFC North if that happens. But yeah, but um, Mike Evans, I'm not sure. Is Chris Godwin fit for this game or is he still injured? Let's have a look. So let's Google Chris Godwin. Because um, Godwin's one of those that he's a superb wide receiver uh, and he's a superb number two and he gets overlooked because he plays in the same team as Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. But I recall a couple of seasons ago him going like 1,300, 1,400 yards and you know multiple touchdowns and thinking to myself, this guy has, this guy has real talent. But you know, I know he's been beset with injuries a little bit this this season. I know with Baker throwing to you, Baker tends to favour um, Evans because the Bucks haven't been great defensively, so they've been behind a lot. So Baker's had to kind of throw a lot more than they run the ball. Um, but what you said there about Rashad White that worries me because he's one of those running backs who I talk about how the Eagles running backs by might have all kind of tailed off as the season has gone on, whereas White seems to have just improved game by game by game. Um, and I think he's very much coming into form at exactly the right time. You mentioned earlier about momentum being very key late in the season. Uh, our momentum is poor. The Bucks' momentum isn't great either, but the, there are certain players within the Bucks who are much, much better now than they were at the start of the season. They're much more in the groove, uh, and that's what should worry. You know, that's what worries me. But I'm still, I'm still backing as to win. I just, I'm nervous. I shouldn't be nervous playing against you. Know, Know, the team that was basically the, the only raccoon to come out of the, uh, the dumpster when you threw four of them in there, which is pretty much what the NFC South is. I shouldn't be worried, but I am. I really am. 
Yeah, I mean, look, you mentioned about the Evans and Goblin. I can't see Goblin is is. It looks like he's going to be playing, but I don't think it's going to be you know a hundred percent. But um, of course, looking at yards per game allowed, you are in the top ten when it comes to passing yards allowed. Sorry, rushing yards allowed per game. But when it comes to passing yards allowed per game, this goes into your secondary. You are have got the second worst record. Only the Commanders have allowed more yards per game. The Eagles currently standing at two five two point seven passing yards allowed per game, and that you know feeds into the whole Mike Evans thing. And I think that you know that's going to be a big tack to try and stop stop Mike Evans and Baker Mayfield. Yeah, it, it's it's not good. And let's it, it puzzles me because you know we have Darius Slay and Kevin Byard in the secondary there, who are two players who I truly rate. Um, you know, players who I, I've watched before. Slay was one of those ones that, you know, when we got him from the Lions, it was like I felt the Lions had lost one of their, their proper franchise players. Uh, and Bayard has been, he's been dominant in that Titans secondary for a long time. Um, and, you know, the, the fact that we got him this year after getting AJ Brown last year, um, it basically just made me want to go and shake Howie by the hand. However, it also made my Titans fan uh, fan friends very, very suicidal because they just look at the team and say, this isn't just embracing the tank. This is embracing the tank for a long period. This is embracing it for two, three seasons. This is a complete rebuild. Um, I mean, they've, they've lost lost those players. They've lost Lewis Henry in the summer. Tannehill will retire. Will Levis looks... No, Will Levis does not yet look like an NFL quarterback. And obviously, we saw him up person. Uh, up close and personal when they played the Ravens and the Titans at Tottenham I think that Titans team is in a lot of trouble next season and probably the season after yeah I think they just to fire Mike Vrabel Derrick Henry gave his farewells on um you know to the crowd and all that and I think that they're probably just looking to start afresh and it all seems to come back from that AJ Brown trade um and yeah I think that there's um a lot of things to be worried about but at the same time the Buccaneers, they aren't a perfect team. I think the Eagles, you know, you've got the team to do it. And I, I just think that it's um, going to be such a fascinating game. I'm really looking forward to watching it. Um, if, but we the the right, right, if, we, if we get the fundamentals right, if we start early, we keep the, you know, we keep them from establishing a run game, we establish our own, you know, we get short yardage passing going that can, can drive the ball for the first two or three drives, we'll win that. But if we let them get established early, we are very much a second-half team. We have been this season. You, you said it when we, we met in London. The problem the Eagles had was they were slow starters. They were letting other teams get ahead of them, and then they were having to claw it back. Um, that's not happening. We're not clawing it back now. You know, So it's as though teams have learned how to play against us. So we need to get out to a big early start on this one. Um, I would not be surprised if, you know, in the second or third play from scrimmage, um, he just immediately drops a 60-yard bomb trying to go for A.J. Brown deep. Would not be surprised. Yeah, wouldn't shock me if that happens in our game as well. I I can see potentially us trying to do the same thing, trying to throw deep to Tyra Kill, who will probably throw in double coverage and probably cost us the game. Um, right, predictions wise, we're going to head to that. Um, now, yeah, we'll go to you first, Steve. Um, you said you're thinking you're going to win. What's the score going to be? Uh, we're going to go twenty-seven seventeen to the Eagles. Okay, okay. Well, for my prediction. Uh, I also had to give these because apart from the one we did with Dolphins Chiefs, it is a neutral, a neutral opinion. Uh, maybe apart from Bill Steelers, um, I think the Bills, I think the Bucks are going to win. I think the Eagles okay. one is just worrying. Nasty. I think that we're going to see Mike Evans have a great day, or even someone like Chris Godwin, or even someone like I think Kate Otten. I think could be prime for a good day. 
But I do think it might be the worst game of the week to watch. All the, I think the most, the lowest scoring more than words. I think I'd much rather see a, a 10-7 and see a 55-10 to 10 game. So I think it'll be low, score, low scoring, but tight. So I'm going to go for a 12-7 to 7 win for the Bucks. I think it'll be a, a I, narrow win. Both teams I think you have, on offence, defence, so, yeah. But then ultimately, seven, seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, Baker Mayfield, they'll 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 fake a they'll fake an out route to Mike Evans. Chris Godwin gets in on the seam. They win the game that way. I I think you are massively overrating both of the defenses here, given their performance <laughs> yeah, during the season. Probably, yeah. Massively, um, I think I think when you're talking about what's going to be the lowest scoring game, I think that one should be obvious to anyone, uh, and that's going to be Cleveland versus Houston. Do you reckon? Uh, I, think, that I, think, is, I think that's going to be high scoring. I think both CJ Stroud, Joe Flacco, Amari Cooper, Nico Collins. You've got a banged up Amari Cooper. You've got Joe Flacco quarterback. But most importantly, you have that smothering Browns defense. And I don't think CJ Stroud has the uh, the presence yet. I mean, he's had an incredible season. And if he goes out, if they get beat here and they get beat heavily, then it's not going to reflect on him because it's been a great season for the Texans. Um but I don't think he has the presence yet. And the, the team around him is very young um, to make it through a game like that with a big score. I think especially in the secondary, the Browns are going to dominate. Um, they're going to stop the run. Uh, now, that's going to, that's been one of the weaknesses of the, the Texans this year. Uh, when Stroud's got the ball, they've been throwing it well, but they haven't got the run game. Um, oh, who's the, that running back they had from last year who was, we had big hopes for? Uh, I can't remember his name. And he's just fallen off this year. I think Devin Singletree's taken over as like the lead back. Oh, Damien Pierce. Damien Pierce. Damien Pierce, yeah. We had big hopes from last year and he just he's he's regressed this year. Devin Singletree's taken over, but Devin Singletree has not looked like a, a an RB1. Um so if they, they can't get that run game going against a very smothering Cleveland defense, I don't see them picking up more than 10 points. Um I don't see that Browns offense picking up 20 or 30 points because Mari Cooper is banged up. Uh Player we both love, we're going to is going to be a big difference maker on that, and that's David and Joku. Um, so it's just it's going to be down to like Flacco throwing to like second choice receivers, uh, and to Joku, and just grinding up the field rather than throwing bombs. So I think that's going to be the lowest scoring. I think that could be there could be less than thirty points total in that game. I I I love Joku. I know you say the same thing to me. I I love it. I think I. There was years where he wasn't getting as many reps. Now saying just 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 play him. He, he yeah. He just wasn't, and then now he's got a turn, and he's just been. I genuinely think he might already be a top three tight end. I think Kittle and Kelsey are clear, but I think you know, you've got Mark Andrews, Hopkinson. I think you need to probably. think again on Kelsey. I think Kelsey's. Uh, he's. We talked about players being at the turn. I think Kelsey's shown a season. Oh, he's at the turn. I agree. I, I think he's declining, but I still think right now, I think it's him, him, Kittle, Hawkinson. Andrews and, and Joku for me is the best five in the league. So hang on, hang on. I'm going to stop you on that one because none of those five are the top tight um, touchdown uh, receiving tight end in the league. Who have you Sam missed Laporta? out? The obvious one. Sam, Sam Laporta. Yeah, he's been great. Sam Laporta has been incredible. You know, that, that Lions team has so many good rookies in it. He is at the very top of it. He could easily be... We talk about when we do fantasy and, and Kelsey also was first round. We can see Laporta going ahead of Kelsey in a lot of drafts next year. I am taking a Joku. If I get to that point where it's Laporta on Joku, I'm taking a Joku more just simply because there's more tape. But um, give it two or three years. If Laporta keeps doing what he's doing, he will be tight end one. 
Um, I, yeah, I have no doubt could, about he it. He could be Gronk level good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, I do think, with not many a lot that's gone, but I think uh, we mentioned it before, I, I've mentioned it before, we've done the, the game already in our previews, but I do think the one that will be the biggest point margin has to be Bill Steelers, right? Uh, yeah, it has to be. I mean, I, I don't rate that Steelers team, but the Steelers have one thing going for them that no other team in the playoffs has, and that's Mike Tomlin. That's a head coach that's been there. He's done it. He knows how to coach a team in the playoffs. He knows how to get everyone to that that level on a team. Yeah. Does he I wanted He's to... not won many Perth games really in a, in a long time. He's had a lot of one and dones when it comes to playoffs. And I think I think I read somewhere he's only won a playoff game in four seasons as a coach or something like that. Um, yeah, I do question. It's the same thing with um, Sean McDermott. Sometimes I think. Is he a great postseason head coach? I know when Tom has made two Super Bowls, but that was very early on. Um, and you could argue John Harbaugh is the same thing, but John Harbaugh could prove me massively wrong this year. He could prove me big, really wrong in that sense. But um, yeah, I, I just do question whether Tomlin is a postseason head coach, but he's a great. If you want someone to get you a winning record, he's a man. Yeah. So, biggest upset of the weekend, what are you going for? Because I'm pretty sure I know where I'm looking. Uh, I'm going to go for the. Oh, no. What am I going for? I've, um. I gonna, I think. Would Rams beat the Lions be an upset? No, no, because hey, it's Matt, it, that, that's a team that won the Super Bowl less than four years ago and still has Matt Stafford at quarterback. Okay, I'm going. Well, I, it's a bit of a spoiler. I'm going for Packers beating. Oh, actually, no, I went for the Cowboys to win against the Packers, but I do think the Packers could be the biggest. But I think there's a tweet out where it goes, which four of these callbacks will get their first playoff win? It was C.J. Stroud to uh, Jordan Love. And there was one more, and I've, I've forgotten who it is now. But I, I put Jordan Love my answer because I think that he, um, I think he is for me already a top ten quarterback. I think he's that good, and I, I could see them as Cowboys in recent years. Their playoff history, I wouldn't be shocked if the Packers win. I would not, which in even in Dallas, they beat them a few years ago in Dallas when Dallas were home and Rogers threw that third third down pass. I yeah. think Jordan Love could do it. I really do think he so- could do it. Uh, the, the last 10 times, yeah, that Green Bay and Dallas have met in the playoffs, what's the record? I'm going to go for 8-2 and two to the Packers. It's 9-1 and one to oh, the Packers. Yes, I, I was really close. This is the thing. The Packers in the postseason have always dominated the Cowboys. Um, now, this they is the first time they've been post Rodgers. <laughs> but I just, yeah, they can't be the Niners. And I'll be honest, if they go up against the Niners, they'll get smashed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but they can beat Dallas. Um, yeah, because Dallas is one of those teams that can they can give themselves too much confidence. They can be massively overconfident. And I do not rate Mike McCarthy as a coach, and I never have. No, I, um, I'm the same. I, th- I think again, he's got. He's. A, I think again, he's a really good. I think he's got a really good regular season record. But whenever he plays in the playoffs, in the last two years alone, we got the Zeke Elliott snapping the ball at center. You've got they're running out of time against the 49ers. It's just been. A lot of recent years, we talked about it. It was with Scott McCabe and Ashen and the NFL. It's um a lot of individual mistakes that really could have been avoided there. They've been guilty of in recent years. So I think that the playoffs sort of um pressure they've got on them being America's team and all that. I think that often has a real big impact on them in not not a good way. Yeah, I think that the thing I got me was you watched the last few years of McCarthy uh, coaching in Green Bay, right? And his go-to play was. I have no idea what to do. Aaron, just go and do something. <laughs> yeah. It's like, 
go on. You've got the freedom to just go and make your own play, call your own play in there and just see what you can do. And I think it's because he really, he ran out of ideas up against a well-coached defence. Um, McCarthy has very few ideas. So I think um, he's at, well, I, I genuinely think he's going to do the same. He's going to be like, I don't know what to do here. Uh, Dak, just try and throw it to CD and see what happens. Um, and he'll chuck it into double coverage. Uh, Dak has improved massively this season, and I hate to acknowledge that, um, but he has not got rid of the interceptions. He still has at least one or two a game in him. Um, he still thinks he's a bit of a gunslinger. He can't protect the ball the way he should. Um, if he ever learned how to, he could be he could be a dominant quarterback. He could dominate this division for the next 10 years, but his ball protection is poor. And without with McCarthy's play calling, I think genuinely the Packers could roll them over. Yeah, I think you also in that Bills game uh, in prime time. Cowboys do have their faults when it comes to these kind of games. Uh, but we will end it there because time is running short on our Zoom meeting. But that has been our final wildcard preview game. We've had all six games previewed on the podcast, so do check them all out if you haven't yet. Um, and yeah, it should be a good weekend. So uh, thank you, Steve, once again for joining the show. No problem. Uh, good, good luck for the Dolphins. Uh, I oh. genuinely think that you can do it. I do think this is... This is the season where we see uh, Andy Reid have to rebuild in Kansas. Well, that makes one of us who think they're going to win. I think we've got absolutely no chance. Um, I think even if we had everyone fit, I think it'd be a 50-50 thing. Um, I still just think the Chiefs can play us. We'll just find a way to win games. And I, I still think they're making the, making the Super Bowl. I really do. So so. Fin- final call in. Who's winning the Super Bowl? Niners. Ravens. Interesting. Well, we'll find out. In just a few weeks, as the Super Bowl is fast approaching in Vegas on February the 11th. And we will see you guys to review the wildcard action. See you then. Take care. Bye bye.